Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Spark podcast. Today we are talking about all things dating and the types of dating that are out there with none other than Michelle Beggy, Ignite Dating's Managing Director and Founder. So hi Michelle, it's great to have you here today. Please can you introduce yourself and explain your role at Ignite Dating? Hi Amy, thank you for having me on today. It's great to chat to you. So my name is Michelle Beggy. I'm the um, founder and managing director of Ignite Dating Group. I've been a matchmaker for over eight years now and Ignite Dating was launched in January 2020. Within my last role working from the UK's largest offline instruction agencies, I saw that the way our clients were dating was going through a transition. I saw a gap in the market and decided to launch Ignite. Now, for those of us that are a little bit out of the loop or haven't dated in quite a long time, there seems to be hundreds of ways to date these days. So if I was single, and I'm not, unfortunately, but if I was and I wanted to meet someone today, what are the different things that I could try to meet somebody that would be the type of partner that I would be looking for, regardless of kind of my age or location? Um, I think the dating industry has actually just gone around in a full circle. So if you think 20, 25 years ago, people would go to additional matchmaking agency. So what would entail is there'd be a face-to-face interview. You'd get to know what the person was looking for and the type of person they wanted, their values, their lifestyle, their aspirations, the stage of life. They would then go back to the office, curate a profile, have a ring binder and go through and find prospective matches. So this would be people have signed up for their services. And what would happen then is you'd receive a slip of paper through the post. Now on that piece of paper would be a photograph of the prospective match and then a bio. Then you would call the the agency and say, I've received John's bio. He sounds lovely. I'd like to go ahead with it. They would then telephone John. And obviously John's got your bio. They would give him your telephone number, usually your landline number, because obviously there's no mobile phones then. And then he would get in contact have a chat on the phone and arrange to meet for a coffee or dinner and see how it went. Obviously, then we had the advent of the internet and lots of different dating sites appeared. There was the early ones like Dateline. um, And I've actually known many people who've met on Dateline had successful marriages from it. And then there was Match.com, more recently Bumble and Tinder, Plenty of Fish. Um, All of them are pretty much of a muchness. All of them have different reputations. So say, for example... Bumble is is very much led by the woman so you put a profile on there Um, they're normally quite visual profiles so it's a a selection of photographs and very little text so it's normally your age your location a handful of photos and then normally sort of quirky facts about you with Bumble the woman is left to drive so she can swipe right or swipe left on a guy that she thinks is nice he then has 24 hours to get in contact with her there's other apps like match.com where and gentlemen can get hold of women and women can reach out to men as well. So from that perspective, um, it's, it's, it is more both ways of people doing that. And then there's obviously dating agencies. And I think when initially when people went online, I've spoken to so many people who said they went on an app, they initially found someone straight away, um, they were perfect what they were wanting, and they came off the app, then they had a successful relationship. And if it's broken down, I don't know, 10 years down the line, they've then gone back to the app and realised it's a totally different story. Now, we've all heard about the things happening in the newspapers where people are conned and duped out of money, and it can be significant numbers. 
Because at the end of the day, people on there, scammers on there can play to people's insecurities. And as much as you can do your due diligence, there's always going to be a way for people to get around it. When you're on the app, there's very few that actually offer any, um, any security screening. So for example, I'm 45 and I'm brunette. I could go on there and say I was a five foot 10, um, size 10, 23 year old blonde and find some photos from the app and put them on. Obviously, they're not going to get that person when they walk up. That's what our clients have said to us. We've tried the apps. They're not, um, they're not as authentic as they would like them to be. And when the person turns up, they're not exactly who they are. And also, you don't know their marital status. Something that costs less than a round of drinks or indeed is free, there's no accountability on there. So anyone can go out and say any story they want to to meet people. So it's actually quite a vulnerable way of dating. So what we found now is that people have come back to matchmakers and valuing the more traditional way, but with a modern twist. And now, obviously, you've been working in the industry for a very long time now. Um, And as a professional kind of matchmaker with extensive experience, have you noticed in particular kind of with the pandemic that we've had over kind of the last 18 months, Are there any trends that are kind of appearing other than the fact that people are going back to those traditional ways of dating that people are kind of following now in terms of when they're looking for those partners? So so during the pandemic, we were exceptionally busy and we were helping people connect on Zoom, FaceTime because they couldn't meet face to face. And a lot of our clients said they really enjoyed that because it took it back to more traditional values. They said before they'd go on an app or have a date or go through an agency, meet somebody, meet in a restaurant, two bottles of Sauvignon Blanc, two courses down and, and, you know, God knows what happened afterwards for dessert. I think um, when people couldn't meet face to face, it actually slowed the world down and people actually had time to invest in it. One of my clients who always found first dates really tricky because she said there's always alcohol involved. You, you sat across the table from somebody. And if you're talking to somebody and you're just not connecting, you've got no escape route. If you're out on a walk, you can talk about the scenery or you can talk about um, where you are or the history of it. And you've also got an escape route as well. You've not got to wait to pudding until you can actually get away. You can sort of say, well, you know, it's great. Thank you for your time. Um, I'm going to go now. So I think people People have, have kind of they've stepped back. The pandemic has, t- has taught people to slow things down. And quite a few of our clients are still having socially distanced walks as first days because they're actually it's their comfort zone. And it means that they can have a get out if they want to. But equally, they're actually doing something which is not involving alcohol and dinner. So I think the, I think the pandemic has kind of reset our values um, and has taken us back to how it was sort of, you know, 20, 25 years ago when we used to date, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, definitely. I know kind of most people that I know, they have taken that slower approach and kind of got to know people a lot better than they probably did before. Normally, it would be kind of the odd few messages late at night, and then they wouldn't hear anything. But they've kind of slowed down their approach in terms of concentrating on just a few people and getting Mm -hmm. to know them and then deciding which ones they then want to take over and kind of meet them in person and go for those easy first dates. So I think it's something that kind of I've seen definitely kind of across the board. Now, if anybody has never come across a headhunter matchmaker, other than kind of in the movies or on TV, does it really work in the same way that it's portrayed on the screen? Or is it completely different to how we're led to believe? 
it's not as glamorous. So on the big screen, Millionaire Matchmakers is an array of beautiful women and men lined up uh, and she's ruthlessly telling them things that they need to change. So but it's not quite as glamorous as that. When I meet people networking, I have so many people say, gosh, I have job envy. And yes, it can be the most fulfilling, rewarding job in the world, but it's not as glamorous as it's, as it's portrayed to be. We are headhunters, which means that we aren't database matching. So it opens up massively the market of available people. So with database matching, you have to hope that the person you're looking for has engaged their agency services at the same time as you and has paid a significant amount of money to actually engage their services. With headhunting like we do, we can find that person lots of different ways. Now, the client pays for our, pays our fees and, that's, and they pay for our services. So how we find people is lots of different ways. So yes, we do have our extensive database, which grows daily. So I have a team of ambassadors that work for us. They are single people who introduce us to other single people who they know, um, or they may be married, but network as part of their job. Interestingly enough, we have quite a few family lawyers who recommend people to us and also relationship and lifestyle counsellors. Um, so that's one way that we can do. So what will happen if someone's in a relationship coach and they're working with somebody who they think could be a good match for one of our clients, they will do is an e-introduction saying, hi, this is John. Um, John is an MD. He's 52. He's based in Manchester. He may be a good match for one of your clients. So we would then speak to John, interview him, ID check him. And if he's suitable for one of our clients, we'll then profile him and onboard him. We'll then pay the uh, ambassador a small remuneration for the introduction. We also affiliate with over 40 different agencies throughout the UK. Now we're very selective who we partner with and we partner with agencies that interview and ID check the same way that we do and have the same ethos and ethics as Ignite. Um, Ignite is a very ethical business. We are not here to fulfill the impossible. We still have to work within the social norms and paradigms of the world. So when we interview people, we make sure that we keep them realistic um, and keep them honest to what they're looking for. So we only work with agencies that, that behave the same way as us. We also headhunt as well. So all of our matchmakers have the magic cards in their bag. Now the magic cards, little business cards, which have a message on them. And if we're out and about and we see somebody who we think is single and could be a good match, and obviously we don't know they're single, so it's a, you know, a crafty glance at the left hand, and we just discreetly go up to them and give them our card and say, please get in contact if you're interested. Um, our cards work really, really well, and we do get a very good uptake from them. And then we have a massive referral process. Um, we have people recommending people to us. Um, we use social media. So there's lots and lots of different ways that we headhunt. It's very labour intensive and everybody we headhunt um, has all been ID checked and interviewed by somebody. We interview them face to face, either by Zoom or actually in front of each other to make sure they're who they say that they are. And we also ID check them as well. So however we find that person, our clients are incredibly safe uh, being introduced to them because we've met them, we know exactly who they are. So it's really labour intensive and really not as glamorous as you think. In terms of kind of single people that are out there, obviously there's a lot of relationships that probably broke down during lockdown and you had that new pressure to kind of realise what you wanted from life and I guess reevaluate where you were and what you wanted kind of for your future so there has been kind of a big increase in the number of people obviously getting in touch with people like yourselves signing up for dating agencies kind of going full circle and coming back round to that traditional way of meeting somebody 
Now, what advice would you give to those single people out there that are maybe looking for love? Maybe they have tried online dating. Maybe they've tried another agency before and it hasn't worked for them and they're lacking in that success through their current channel. So what kind of advice would you say to them to help them with that journey going forward? So there's lots of different pieces of advice I'd give to them. Um, First of all, take time. You have to be ready to date. Dating is really hard yards. You're putting yourself out there for success, but you're also putting out that yourself out there for failing as well. So it's really important that you that when you've exited a relationship, you don't just jump straight into the next one. So take time to rediscover yourself. Learn to spend time alone. If you can't live alone, how can you expect someone else to live with you as well? So first of all, my biggest piece of advice is to just take time. Secondly, look at all the different options. There are lots of different agencies out there, both online and offline. So some agencies offer propositions, which is not guaranteed matches. It's a selection of profiles. Um, they might present a couple of profiles to you. And if you're both, if you say no and they say no, that's your allocation for the month. So that's different to actually valid introductions. At Ignite Dating, we guarantee introductions. So an introduction is when both persons say yes and the telephone number has been exchanged. So it could be that we share three, five, ten profiles with you. And if they're not the right person, then we keep going to find that right person. In reality, though, it normally happens very quickly. We present the first or one or two profiles to people. We operate, how we interview, the different aspects we use. So we use professionally shot photographs. We use Myers-Briggs. We spend time getting to know people, all that really good stuff. We normally find that sort of the first couple of profiles, we hit the nail on the head. So from our success rate perspective, we find that 75% of our clients are moving, moving towards a successful relationship by match number four. That's because we really fine tuned what they're looking for. When you're joining a dating agency, it's not an offline Bumble or an offline Tinder. You're not going to join them and have a million people sat in your inbox. With us, it's about finding the right person. So your first match could take a week, a month, two months, but we'll guarantee that when you do get that match through, it's definitely somebody you'll be wanting to work with. Secondly, don't tar tar all dating agencies with the same brush. Just because you've had a bad experience with one agency doesn't mean that it'll carry through to the next. So be open-minded when you're speaking to an agency. Um, Listen to what they've got to say when they speak to you. Um, If your criteria is unrealistic or what you're looking for, they can't fulfill, that's okay. Try another agency. But chances are they'll say the same as well. So be realistic and think about things that are really important to you. I found that people can become quite fixated on things like, for example, height of a man or salary bracket or age. Sure, it's about the person. It's not how tall they are. It's not how much money they have in the bank. It's not even about their age. If you connect and really connect with somebody and they make you feel good and you have fun and they make you laugh and there's chemistry, then do those things really, are they really as important as you think they are? If I was back on the dating scene, God forbid, um, I would rather be with somebody who made me feel good and who challenged me and made me and who I really found a chemistry and connection with rather than being fixated by their their age their height or their salary there's no denying that kind of everybody's dating journey is different so what would be your top three tips to finding that right avenue that's going to work for you so first one do your homework think about how much money you want to invest in it if it's 30 pound a month absolutely your way forward you're not going to get a matchmaker for that 
and maybe try the apps first. Sometimes you need to go through the process of using the apps. You may be really fortunate and find that right person on there straight away. You may be on there for six months a year and just find it's not working for you. So first of all, look at the ways that you want to, you want to find somebody. If you think, actually, I don't want to go through that labour intensive part, I want to ask somebody to do it for me, then speak to different agencies, shop around, um, speak to your matchmaker, the person you'll be working with. At Ignite Dating, your matchmaker interviews you. So the person who actually gets to know you is the person you'll be working with. Other agencies have a very glossy salesperson who's out there interviewing you, but then actually going to be the person who's going to be working very closely with you. Um, and thirdly, take time. You know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So think about what you're wanting to achieve. Think about the things that are really important to you. So if it's lifestyle aspirations, if it's stage of life, if it's sort of the more soft elements of somebody, so somebody can make you laugh or he's quite kind, think about those elements first of what the values that are really important to you. And then when you go to speak to your matchmaker, be really clear on what you're looking for. A matchmaker is somebody you have to feel really comfortable with to be open and also an element of vulnerable with, because if you can't be open with them and you find you're not being your true self with them, they can't do their job properly. When I'm working with my clients, I really encourage them to tell me as much about them as they want to, that they feel comfortable with. And then it's an ongoing journey. So after we've done a match, we would then get feedback from them and see what was right and what was wrong about it. And I say to me, brutally honest with me, be really blunt. They're never going to say, oh, my gosh, he had a comb over and egg down his shirt. They're never going to say that to us because we don't work that type of client. But I said, if you can be very honest and open about what was right and what wasn't right for you, then it means for the next match, we can make it better. Most times they say, you know, that person was fabulous. I just didn't feel that chemistry. And that's the bit we can't guarantee. No agency can guarantee chemistry. It's between two chemical reactions between two, between two people's brains. What we can do is find you a safe vehicle to find the right person to give that the best opportunity of happening. And then just finally, in terms of kind of that relationship with your clients, obviously you seem like you're very upfront and honest with them and kind of expect them to be the same. Would you say that people change during that time frame? So when they first meet you, do they have a very professional kind of approach to you, but then find as time goes on and they let their guard down a little bit, that they then become more of kind of a friend relationship when you're looking for those partners? Um, I think one of the strengths of Ignite Dating is that we're all very personable. So all of our matchmakers have that very soft side. And I think our interview process literally guides the, the matchmaker and the client through the process. So by the time you get to the important stuff, for example, the type of person they're looking for, they've already been in the interview for about an hour. So kind of relaxed and started to build a connection with the person who's going to be their matchmaker and working with them. So you find that sort of towards the end of the interview, the guard has come down anyway, because we ask the right questions and we listen to the answers to make sure we're really hearing what our client is looking for. And that's really important. It's a two-way conversation. Yes, we need to find out all the different elements of what you're looking for in your journey and what's got you here. But equally, you need to listen to what the client is saying as well. And it's, that's really important, the listening part. Yes, as we go through the journey, people can find that, that what they're looking for changes. So say, for example, I had a client who was very petite. She was five foot one and a half and she was quite open on height. And I introduced her to a man who was six foot three. And she said to me, he's just too tall. She said when I was walking alongside, she said, even though I had heels on, I still felt really tiny next to him. And it's not something that she felt comfortable with. So what we did then just change her criteria to slightly shorter. So she said, no taller than five foot ten. 
which is fine. So from that perspective, going through the journey can actually help you decide what you really want. Um, equally, we had another client, we delivered him exactly what he wanted. So this lady was everything that he wanted, but he said there was no chemistry and he couldn't understand why. He said, you've delivered me literally my perfect person in the box, but there's just that chemical reaction there that's not triggering between us. That's okay as well. So when we went on to his next match, he said, look, you sent me what I wanted, that didn't work, send me the total opposite. So we did, and it worked. So sometimes when you go into speaking to a matchmaker with a very long prescriptive list of what we're looking for, but your matchmaker's job is actually to <laughs> take away what you think you're looking for and actually give you what you need. And that's what our role is to be. And if that evaluates and changes that process, that is brilliant. All we want is the right outcome for you at the end of the process. And how many times do you find that people stick with their original criteria when they first come to you they have their tick list and that stays exactly the same throughout very rarely so I've got so many success stories where um, people have said this is what I want and then you deliver something totally different I can remember I had a client um who got married and um and on the wedding day the the, the, the gentleman was my client and he hugged me and he said thank you and I said, what for? He said, because you delivered me the perfect person who was everything that I didn't want. Oh, so that, quite nice. So it was lovely. And, you know, and they got married. You know, they, they were dating for eight months. They moved in together, engaged. They married quite quickly. It was second time round for both of them. So they said, you know, we're not wanting children. So there's no there's no real reason to rush or anything. Actually, it just felt right. Um, and she was taller than he liked. He preferred blonde. Uh, he preferred brunettes, and she was blonde. Um, she was her body shape was slightly different to what he was used to. He preferred very, very slim ladies for. She was uh, quite more curvy, and he about size twelve, but she had boobs and waist and hips. And he said it just works. So sometimes you know people can stick to it, but it normally changes over the journey. And it's about finding the elements that are right for you. Ultimately, you all want the same. We just want to love and feel loved, and that can come in all different kinds of packages. Well, there you have it. It seems there are a number of different ways to date these days. It's all about finding that right one for you. If after listening to this, you are interested in finding out how matchmaking could work for you, then please get in touch. The telephone number is 033-366-0640 or alternatively, you can visit the website www.ignitedating.co.uk. Until next time, I'll speak to you again soon.